else, you would you would sense and feel um, the love of God, um, even at your home um, as you live stream this. I, another another uh, disclaimer: um, I'm not as chubby um, in person, so I, I really do look forward to to seeing you soon, our Lord willing. Uh, you know, and and as uh, Pastor Eric said, my name is Pastor Jeremy again, and I want to just uh, open up God's word uh, for you from Psalm 103. If you could uh, open up your Bibles, that could be your physical Bibles. You can um, do it through your phone. Just don't go on Facebook. Don't multitask right now and go to Psalm 103 uh, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 103 verses one through five. God God has a word for us today on this Palm Sunday. And it says this, Psalm 103, verse one through five. It says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Today I'd like to speak from the subject, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. To bless the Lord, which is what it says in verse 1, means to praise the Lord. And praising is something that you do. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice to celebrate someone in light of what they've done. And today I want to give you three reasons from this text on why we should praise the Lord. Now, before we get to those three reasons, I know you might be thinking, man, that's a bit ironic and perhaps even insulting, Pastor Jeremy, that you're calling us to praise the Lord when it seems like the present state of our world is going crazy. You might even say, Pastor Jeremy, have, have you not read the headline? Shouldn't we be crying out to the Lord right now, asking him for his help, not praising the Lord? And to that, I would say, yes. I have read the headlines, and yes, we do need to cry out to our great God, and we need to lament what is going on. But another thing that God's word calls us to often throughout the Bible is to praise him. And if God commands it, then we also need to take it seriously even when we suffer. But if you think about it, though, praise actually does something in us. Praise can actually reorient our perspective. And reorienting our perspective resets our hope, even in a time like this. In other words, we can grow more hopeless if we don't have the right perspective. And the wrong perspective hinges upon your praise. And in this text, what you see, family, is that King David is telling himself to praise the Lord. Now, this might be a little strange. You might think that uh, King David is having a psychological breakdown. I I even heard it said one time that it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't talk back. And here, this is what King David is saying. He's, He's calling himself. He's telling himself, praise the Lord, David. And the first reason 
that I want you to look at for why David is telling himself to praise the Lord is because the Lord is the Holy One of history. Look at, look at verse 1. It says this. It says, bless the Lord. All that is within me, bless his holy name. See that? You want to circle holy. You want to underline that. You want to highlight holy. To be holy means to be set apart, completely other, distinguished. And if you look at Israel's history, you'll see that God describes himself as holy. As a matter of fact, the Lord, in all caps, is a reference to Israel's God. And as their God, he revealed himself, and he revealed himself as one that was not like other ancient gods. He revealed himself as self-existent, yet intimately connected with Israel. He demonstrated throughout God's word that he's the creator and controller of the universe when things got out of control. He also revealed, church family, that he's also a provider in times of famine. Why? To prove that he is the one and only true God. And for these reasons, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, this is what the Lord says to Israel. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods Meaning, I can't compete. I'm jealous of you having other gods. You can have no other gods before me. So this ancient king, King David, in this psalm, he's implying that the Lord is worthy of praise because of his holiness. Because of his distinction from the world and everything in it. Even what other people praise, especially in perilous times. So for us today, the Lord has manifested his holiness and his, char- his holy character in complete distinction through King Jesus. And this is a reason for thanksgiving, if anything else, because it speaks to who God is. And God revealing who he is through Jesus Christ, um, we could see that we serve a king who's eternal even when there's death around us. That's a d- good distinction. I'm also thankful that when the world seems upside down, our king has revealed that he is in control. That's King Jesus. I'm also grateful that the Lord has revealed himself as the only savior, that Jesus is the only savior in these perilous times. I'm so glad about that. And I hope that you could be grateful about that too. But the question that arises as we think about the holiness of the Lord revealed through Jesus, the question is, how has the Lord in his holiness interacted with humanity specifically? King David, he gives us a second reason to praise the Lord, and in doing so, he gives us the ways that God has interacted with us. And in, in that, in that way is the Lord has applied his benefits to our story thus far. Now, to give you a bit of context from this psalm, this psalm is David's meditation on the Lord's story with Israel. If you were to read the entire psalm, you would see that. And the story of Israel, just for brevity's sake, could be summed up as a story of troubled migration. 
They crossed, and many borders were hated on. God called their forefather Abraham to leave his land and to go to a land that he had promised him. And this brought all types of persecution throughout Israel's history thereafter. It's also a story of freedom from slavery. They were slaves in a land in the land of Egypt, and it's a story of war. Yet God delivered them from all of these, which is why David, in this context, is calling Israel to praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, um, we didn't read this, but in verse 6, he even says this specifically, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed, which is a reference to the impression that they had in their story in the past. But often, check this out, family, often Israel had a spiritual amnesia problem that led to a praise deficiency problem, just like the church. So King David, in verse 2, when he says this, he said, or when in, in reference to this, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, Israel. Forget not all his benefits, church family. Forget not all his benefits, Brook family. Don't forget. That's what he's calling us to do. And to say that the church in Israel have a tendency to forget the Lord is to say that we forget that the Lord has delivered us in the past through the work of Jesus and therefore have received some of the benefits of living with Jesus thus far. So what is this text calling us to do? The text is begging the church And I want to beg you as your pastor to spend time rehearsing the ways that Jesus has delivered us in the past and rehearse what Jesus has done by delivering us subsequently. Think about how your goals changed when you met Jesus. Think about how your views on singleness and marriage changed. Think about the ways that Jesus had provided for you in the past. Then what I want you to do, I want you to even write it down. I want you to tell it to yourself, rehearse it to yourself over and over and over again. And then family, share it with somebody. Call them over Zoom. Tell them these very things. Make an appointment to tell them, hey, I want to tell you about what Jesus has done in my story thus far. Parents, I want you to tell it to your kids as they might be scared at this time. Um, For all of our youth and teenage um, uh, uh, students, I want to encourage you, tell it to your parents. Maybe your parents don't know how you really have interacted with God at this time. For all of us, it's a wonderful time to rehearse our story with Jesus. In that perspective, that act can and will lead you to praise if you do it. But what does God's deliverance in the past have to do with the present? Because we don't want to just live in yesterday. That might not be entirely helpful for today and for what's to come because the days are, are looking crazy. It's looking rough. So what is the past have to do with the present. And David wants to give us another reason of praise which addresses this, and that reason is that the Lord will not let death prevail in our story. And if you look at that in verse 3, you'll see two specific ways 
that the Lord will not let death prevail in our story. The first way is that the Lord has destroyed the instruments of death, sin and disease. Sin is what separates us from an eternal God. As a matter of fact, sin is what makes us punishable before a holy God. And we all have sinned. The world has sinned, and that is deserving of eternal death, God's wrath being placed on us. Furthermore, diseases, whether physical and mental, is a result of original sin. When Adam and Eve, our, our spiritual forefathers, the first humans in the world, when they sinned against God, sin spread to in the entire humanity, and that had effects like diseases, diseases like COVID-19. And as a result of that original sin, we needed a Savior. But the Lord has provided healing, and this is what this text is saying, through God's power. So for the Christian The death and resurrection of Jesus is the ultimate payment for sin and the source of healing. And this is why we can say with David in verse 3, and I want you to look at it, where he says, who forgives the Lord, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. So that's the first reason why death won't prevail, because The Lord Jesus has conquered, has overcome death and disease through his death and his resurrection. The second reason why death won't prevail in our story, no matter what happens to us in time and space, is that the Lord guarantees that his children possess eternal life. If you look at the remaining verses, verses 3 through 5, you'll see that all of these images carry this imagery of life. And first, David says, the Lord redeems or rescues your life from the pit. The pit was this place in the ancient world, in ancient Israel, that was understood as the underworld, as hell. And here he's saying, the Lord will rescue you from hell, from eternal punishment from God. Secondly, David says the Lord will exalt his children when he says he crowns you. Look at that. That's beautiful language. He crowns you or he honors you with steadfast love. That's committed love and mercy. His compassion. That's what he honors us with. So this is an eternal type of love, an eternal type of compassion coming from the pit. And third, the Lord sustains our life forever. And if you look at verse 5, you see that he mentions that he satisfies us with good things like the eagle. In the ancient world, an eagle was a sign of vitality, a sign of life. And here he's saying, the Lord, he sustains you. He gives you everything you need in order to sustain your life. And this not only uh, uh, translates into our life right now, But even when we die, the Lord will sustain us for an eternity. Hence, all of these images, from redemption to our crowning with God's steadfast love and honor, to the way that he'll sustain us with life, tells us that death will not prevail. And that's good news, family. But in order to praise the Lord, 
And if you're like me sometimes, maybe you doubt, you realize, man, this takes great faith. So you might ask, like I often ask myself, how can I attain the faith that death will not prevail in my story? How can I be sure that even when I die and leave this world, that I'll have eternal life? It's a real question. You probably think about this question when you go to the grocery store. You might think about this question when you go out to work if you're an essential worker. Man, if I contract this disease or if I, if, if I uh, contract something that could, could potentially harm my family, what is my ultimate security in eternity? It's a real question that all of us wrestle with when we drive and leave our home. And the answer is by revisiting the resurrection of Jesus. I want you to think about this. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus, but I want to tell you briefly about Jesus. Jesus is an eternal God who descended from his heavenly glory to a broken world. Why did he do this? To die on the cross for the things that eternally damned us, our sin. And this really happened. This is a historical fact. And our faith tells us that on the third day, Jesus, he resurrected from the grave. Man, I hope I'm getting some comments of praise and clapping right now because I'll preach it to myself if I need to. But on the third day, Jesus resurrected from the grave. This is a historical fact, family. I want to let you know, as I heard today, that our churches are empty just like the tomb is empty. Jesus did not stay there. Jesus resurrected from eternity, and there was witnesses that saw this, and they testified to this. And this was passed down through generation, through suffering, through history, where, where the church was under attack because they knew that Jesus died and resurrected. And our faith in the resurrection tells us that you and I can anticipate our resurrection. When we believe, when we believe that that resurrection was applied to us, that that death was applied to us. So when we die or when Jesus comes back, we will be without the sting of sin, the sting of death. We'll be without the temptation of Satan. It will be no longer COVID-19 broken relationships death surrounding us why because his resurrection is the down payment for these benefits of being completely realized in us and what gives us great comfort and maybe you've heard this verse is what Jesus said himself in John 3 16 it's what Jesus said for God so loved the world That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not or will not. This is a a true statement. Will not perish but have eternal life. That is truth that we could bank on. That is not blind faith. 
because it's based on his resurrection. So what, from what we've observed from this psalm, it's clear that praising the Lord at a time like this is not anchored in our circumstances. It's anchored in who Jesus is, holy. There's no one like him. It's anchored in what he's done in our story. He's delivered us from the bondage of sin and disease when our story is over here on earth. And it's anchored on what he will do in the future. Resurrect us. These are extraordinary, wonderful reasons to praise. And the point that I want to make today through these reasons is that praise changes your perspective. Praise transforms what the circumstance looks like from your outlook. Praise of Jesus changes the way that you look at life here on earth. When I think about this, I think about someone that I grew up with very closely. Her name was Patty. Actually, my aunt. My aunt had many um, mental challenges. She was uh, mentally challenged. And many times she, she did things as if she was a child, although she was the oldest of my father's siblings. So on paper, she was my aunt. But my family, we cared for her as if she was my sister. And my Aunt Patty, and, and I'd like to uh, show a, a picture of her. My Aunt Patty's right here at the end, all the way to my left, perhaps your right, uh, with the Batman shirt. My Aunt Patty, she, she loved to praise God. Um, she talked about Jesus often. She would love to hear stories about Jesus and, and go to Bible study. And she was extremely dependent on our family. She lived with my grandparents pretty much all her life. Um, she, she lived in, in an in, in a impoverished neighborhood. You know, she, she, she didn't come from, from the best circumstances. And to make matters worse, she had mental disabilities and physical disabilities. But she loved to praise God. She even knew all the hymns and all the songs and would sing at the drop of a dime. I mean, word for word. And, you know, she never ceased to praise God in private despite her limitations. And one day that was put to the test. And as you can see from this, man, I I wish that you could meet her and kind of witness just her devotion to the Lord in circumstances like this. But on, on New Year's Eve 2007, my entire family was at a church service to break in the new year. And, yo, the service was so long. And if you were young at that time, you'd, like, begrudge that your parents even made you go to the New Year's Eve service. And on top of that, we were in New York. We wanted to go see the ball drop. I mean, we were just kind of like, man, why are we here right now? And toward the end of the service, the pastor says, he, he, makes, he makes a call. He says, hey, does anybody want to give a testimony to what the Lord has done in this past year. In church family, it was crickets in there. Not only was it silent, nobody got up for a few minutes. And the pastor even was like, man, nobody has anything to say about what the Lord has done for you this past year. And suddenly, the few minutes that felt like eternity, my Aunt Patty got up. And at that time, I was like, man, I hope my Aunt Patty doesn't embarrass us all. But she walks up to the mic. She, she takes the mic, 
in front of the service and he says, hoy yo le quiero dar la gloria y la honra al Señor porque Él me ha, liber, le, me ha librado y me ha sostenido. Which translates in English, today I want to thank the Lord because He has delivered me and He has sustained me up until this point in my life. And then she just starts to count the different ways that God had sustained her and delivered her throughout this year, throughout her, her, her story. And that day, I learned something special about Patty. The reason she had a hopeful perspective, despite her limitations, was because of her constant praise. So what embarrassed the church that day was not Patty. But it was the fact that Patty was not afraid to praise the Lord despite some of the privileges that she didn't have. But that we did have. That was embarrassing. But it showed us that praise is not confined. Praise is not quarantined. Praise is what changes our perspective. And that's something that still to this day changes my life. So today, perhaps we have every reason to be hopeless from a worldly perspective. But I want to encourage the church that in this time of devoted quarantine or, or work at home, I want to encourage you to take time to sing praises to the Lord for who he's in for who he is. I want to encourage you to declare what God has done in your life. I want to encourage you to write down your story and proclaim it from, from the rooftops. I want you to sing songs that remind you that this is not your eternal dwelling place. Our eternal dwelling place is in glory with our resurrected Savior. Because when you praise with your lips, church family, it changes the hope of your heart. And at this time, as we consider that, I just want to pray that God would meet you as you praise this week, church family. Don't miss this opportunity to praise this Lord on Palm Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace. Lord, we praise your name. We worship your name. Even in the midst of trials, in the midst of the world being upside down. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that our story is not defined by what's going on circumstantially, Lord, but it's defined by what Jesus has done. Lord, and if there's anybody hearing my voice that hasn't met Jesus, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. I pray that they would believe that Jesus died for their sin and that they would believe that Jesus resurrected from the grave, a historical fact, and that they would follow Jesus in the midst of this troubled time. Oh, God, please protect us. Lord, protect us by keeping us in your word. Sanctify us. Keep us in your love this week. We pray, and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.